0: Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ,
1: connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information
0: about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. We're so glad to have you guys here this morning. And Pastor RJ and I, as we are sharing with you the church that we see, part two, There hopefully there will be some many parts as we continue to share with you the vision about um, what God is showing us, that we also wanted to take the time to really share with you this morning. As we were beginning to talk and really share about this vision of the church that we see, a large part of that is that we really want you to understand, we really want you to know is, this is the church that you are as well. Um, That I wanna share with you from our hearts this morning, but my heart, um, that largely what I'm gonna share with you this morning from my heart is because you have put it all there. And it's really important to me that you guys understand and that you know how much um, your encouragement, your love and your affirmation has so much impacted us uh, from your hearts you have chosen to come alongside us and you've shared with us that you're with us and that you're affirming us and that you're so excited about what's going on and that you have brought uh, your faith to the table and today when we read um, our key scripture this morning in james two fourteen to 16 That scripture talks about so much, about us putting our faith into action, our faith into uh, good deeds and words. And we want you to know, Windsor Christian Fellowship, that you have chosen to make a good choice to embrace this change and look at it from a positive perspective. You have chosen to charge the atmosphere with excitement with enthusiasm you're optimistic you are even though you can't see what's ahead you're like i know this is this is going to be good because we know and we know that you guys know that this change is a god thing and any change that god is doing is a good thing it's a very good thing but how many of you also know that through the change There's still process. There's still feelings that have to be processed. And there's some fear there as well because it's unknown. And we don't necessarily know what's going to happen, but we know that if God is in it, it's going to produce life. And it's life-giving. And because all of you have chosen to come alongside us, we haven't had to encourage you actually. I feel like you guys have really just come along and encouraged us You've encouraged me so much personally. We want to thank you so much for all of you that have personally come and hugged us and shared with us and affirmed us and encouraged us and just said, we're excited. We love you guys. We're with you. We're going to support you. We're here. And we want you to know that if you didn't show up this morning, there wouldn't be church. There's no church if you didn't show up this morning. And that we need you. We really need you. And we can't carry out this vision that's huge that God has given us without you. We need every single one of you, and no part is insignificant. Every part is so vital to the church. And if it's one thing that God has been showing me in this last two years, huge, 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 is that I have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I have to get comfortable with really being put in a place where well, I don't have a choice, there is, I have to choose, there's no way out. And either I trust God, or I'm going nowhere. Because if I step out of God's will, then I am going nowhere. And I feel like, when we're it, you're in that place of discomfort, it's, it's stretching, it's pulling, it's causing you to go, you have to go into the deep with God. God is saying, this is where you need to go, Mary, if you want to go into the deep with me. But that's the place where miracles happen. Into the deep with me. Because then there's nobody else you can depend on, nobody else that you can look to. There's only I that can sustain you. And how many of you know that I can't do miracles? God is the one that does the miracles. God is the one that does them. But he does them when I put my trust in him and I have nowhere else to go And I step into the deep with him and he sustains me there. And he works through me to do the miracle. But church is so much bigger than that. Prophetically, I really feel like Windsor Christian Fellowship is positioned in that moment because of your attitude of obedience and faithfulness. Because you've chosen of your own choice to come alongside us, to rally with us. God has a season of a time for us of growth. And I'm not talking about numbers. I'm talking about God is really working on our hearts in this season and purifying us and getting us ready for the actual growth in numbers and, ca- and asking us to come into the deep with him as a congregation. Because when we've all come together in this change and transition and we've decided we're going to be unified, we're going to come alongside And we're going to do this together. In that, you bring freedom and liberty to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to move freely throughout the congregation. And as we're stepping into the deep, miracles are happening. Miracles will happen. So I want you guys to know that you're of vital importance to Pastor RJ and I. That we love you and we're so appreciative and we're so thankful for each and every one of you and how you've encouraged us and how you've come alongside us. And you need to know that this church is very special. We've been to a lot of churches, and there is not many like Windsor Christian Fellowship. And it's not because of the building. It's because of you all. And you need to know that's important, that's special, that that the church is you. And if you didn't come this morning, there wouldn't be church. So thank you for your hearts that are joining with us, and thank you for the affirmation and the encouragement, your support and your love. And as we continue together, I know, I know that we're gonna begin to see the miracles of God in this house. But it's because of what we've already laid the groundwork before, that we as a congregation have laid the groundwork that we're in unity together. positive where we've laid the groundwork for faith and you've charged the atmosphere with expectancy and excitement so don't just stop with the excitement don't let that feeling just fade away but let it carry you into doing something being part of that momentum and being a part of what's happening here because we need you we need each and every one of you so would you just give yourselves a round of applause <laughs> we're so proud of you we love you we've been so impressed by the maturity And the attitude that you guys have chosen to have in this. Because we know it's not easy. And there's so much unknown. But the one thing we do know is God is good. Amen? Amen. And with Him, it's only going to get better.
2: My name is RJ. I approve this message. (laughs) Last time we were together, we talked about the church I see as a church that loves people. No matter their background, history, or status in life, people feel welcome in our community because we are the body of Christ we talked for a few minutes on all of us are broken image bearers, and as we come to Christ, He starts repairing us to wholeness so that we can more accurately reflect His love to people. Today, we're going to move on to the church I see operates as one body, with every member serving together in unity and joy. We are the body made of many members all functioning together to build the kingdom of God. So foundationally, I want to start with every one of you has an assignment from the Creator. In fact, Jesus has given each and every one of you a gift. He's the one that assigns the gifts. I was reading something this morning, and it was a neat statement because it said, your calling is not something that you discover. It's something that you learn to recognize. And, and what happens is God has given you the gift, and you need to recognize that God has given you a gift. Our job is to look at you and give you a forum to activate your gifts. Some of you will get more excited about that later. When you activate your gift though, it's because you wanna be a benefit to the body of Christ. And then all of us as we activate our gift are a benefit and a blessing to others. So when I activate my gift, you get blessed. When you activate your gift, I get blessed. When you activate your gift, others gets blessed. And the idea is, in the activation of our gifts, where we start utilizing the gift that God has placed within us, all of us together are better as a result of that. For instance, and you can go in your Bibles to Ephesians 4, I'll read that in a minute, but for instance, right now, down the hall, there's some people serving in our children's ministry. They're activating their gifts to take care of children. Some of them are your children. Do anyone drop your children off? <laughs> Isn't it great? We get this little tag, and we go to the door, and we sign our children in, and we say, see you later. <laughs> Good luck. But by them activating their gift to have our children down the hall being ministered to on their own level, it frees us up so that we don't have little ones running all over the place and screaming and yelling at us during the service so that you can enjoy the service more. But it takes all of us activating our gifts together. So make sure you thank your local children's worker today. (laughs) We'll come back to that in a little bit. Ephesians 4. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work build up the church in the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed or blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Jesus, the head of the church, takes every individual piece and puts it right where he wants it so that it's perfectly fit together. Your gifting, when fully utilized, is activated so that the whole body of Christ can give a complete picture to the world system of how God wants us to live. So some people like to break this down into three areas and others into five areas and some into 12 and some into 26 and (laughs) there's lots of ways to break this down, but I'm always the guy that likes to keep it simple. So let's talk about three areas. Sharing faith. How many know that some call them the manifestation gifts, but there's gifts that are given to us to share faith. You know, you're talking to someone that needs to know Jesus and you work a miracle in their midst, I tell you what, their heart opens up a little bit to hear what God has to say. You know, the day Jesus rebuked the storm, I assure you, he got some people's attention. There's the gifts of encouragement and edification, those ministry gifts, you know, the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. You know, so we, we use our gifts to edify and to encourage the body, to train the body, to equip the body so that the body can be healthy and the body can do the work that it needs to do. Kind of like the personal trainers for the body of Christ drop down and give me 10. (laughs) Okay, now do it again. Now let's run. (laughs) Run some more, (laughs) right? Isn't that what we do each week when we come up here and say, love people. Get involved somewhere. Use your gifts. Let's experience the peace of God more fully. What are we doing? We're encouraging you. We're motivating you. And then there's the serving others. And I think all of us have to have an understanding that this is a byproduct of love. How many of you love Jesus? Yeah. So the rest of you will have a little meeting down the hall <laughs> right afterwards, and we'll talk about falling in love with Jesus, okay? But, but see, if you love Jesus, he comes into our life and the automatic byproduct, the automatic change in your heart is we have a love for others. And it becomes about others, we do life with others. And and this is what you have to understand. The love that we have for others is most fully reflected to the culture when we serve others. Yeah. And when we serve others as a group, which we'll get to in a moment. And it's image bearers, just like you and I, in our brokenness, that go around and what do we do? We put down our selfish desires and the things that we wanna do and we take up our cross and we purpose to serve others. Which means that sometimes I have to attend one service and then serve one service, rather than just attend one service and go home. Maybe once every three weeks. Or in some cases, every week. Or maybe once a month. But see, what happens is, we together are the body of Christ in the fullness of serving others. How many want to be great? That's weak. Okay, your your assignment for home, homework, look in the mirror in the morning and say, I was made for greatness. God has called me to accomplish great things in his name. His spirit is in me, so therefore nothing is impossible to me. And I'm gonna be great by serving others because the body of Christ in the kingdom of God, if you wanna be great, you become a servant. That's how Jesus said, it's opposite the culture culture is when you're great, people come and serve you. How does Shane do it? (laughs) You know? That's not greatness. Greatness is servanthood. So when you take the gift that God has given you and you express it more fully by serving others, guess what? That's how we attain greatness in the kingdom. So I told you one of the things we like to do is to activate gifts in others. We like to give people an opportunity to activate their gifts. So at this time, my wife and I would like to welcome to our stage, to our pulpit, Steve and Amy Arsenault, and they're going to continue on with our message, and they're going to help us as we share today on the body of Christ.
3: Good morning, everybody. You guys seem so much more relaxed in the first service. Wow. (laughs) Kind of scares me a little bit. No? (laughs) I told Pastor Mary in the first service that I was uh, excitified, which is her word for excited and terrified, so it is, it's catching on. It's going to be in the dictionary someday, you watch. Absolutely, Urban Dictionary. (laughs) Um, No, the reason why, um, I guess what we're speaking on today is, yeah, the importance of serving and we really want to show you how it relates to your family. A little bit of a participation from you today, not too, too much, but um, by a show of hands, how many of you were raised in a perfect home? I always see one hand. There's always one hand. Oh, two hands this the service. Um, or I guess when you were growing up, how many of you did everything that you were supposed to do? Nice. Two again. That's more than the first service. Um, <laughs> no, but as you guys can see that uh, we're not alone in this. You guys have very much in common, so this is good. We'll start from there. Um, so as you reflect... Uh, Growing up, I'm sure you can remember having chores or duties around the house. I remember growing up seeing my family doing different things around the home. As we all know, a home takes work and it takes many hands. But I think as we reflect, we we may remember uh, certain family members, we won't name names, who get away with doing less than other family members. And that was definitely me, 100%. Um, I, I remember I would try to do the least as possible all the time. And... I got away with it, it's bad. Um, But no, we all have that expectation that everyone, that even when you are busy with other things in life, such as work or school, time must be set aside to get done what you're responsible for. And whatever your role may be currently, we know that if only a certain portion of the family is contributing to the responsibilities, it creates a strain on your family. For instance, when I was young, my mother, she did a lot of things around the house. A lot. And my father, he worked six to seven days a week, long hours every day. But I remember he would come home and he would still do things. And I, I, I always remember that. They, they did so much. And my siblings and I, we only had to take care of our room. And I shared a room with my brother, so I did nothing. And, mostly because I was really young. That's my excuse. Um, but my mom would still do stuff. And so when my mother passed away, it didn't just create a void in the family. All of a sudden, there was all this work that wasn't getting done. And my family had to start doing more. And, and some of my families did way more than, than they should have. And and this imbalance of responsibilities, it, it creates this strain. And um, yeah, but we learn from this, I learned from this especially, that each member is needed and this work is meant to be shared by everybody. So it's, it's similar with our church family. When you have just some of the congregation doing their part, the church suffers and it makes it hard for everyone to learn and grow. But I know we don't all want this. We all desire to see our church home thrive. I know we desire to see it grow, and above all else, we want to obey God, and we want to reflect Christ as he was the servant leader.
1: Yeah, so personally, we want to stand up here and really encourage and challenge you guys to do as much as God has asked of you. Um, And this is going to look different for everybody, but such as like in a family, you wouldn't expect a young child, like a toddler, to do the same chores as a teenager or adult, right? Um, So in the church, you wouldn't expect a new Christian or somebody who's new to this church to go and teach a class, for instance, right? Um, So even though there's always something to do for everybody and we need to all do our part. and it, whatever it looks like for you, I know one thing is that we need to come here to serve, not to be served. And in First Peter 4.10, if we can get that on the screen, it says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So, Like Pastor RJ was just saying, we have been given gifts to serve others. And maybe you're unsure of what yours are right now, but I encourage you just to try and explore what they may be. Maybe go and volunteer in an area that you know needs help, children's ministries. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, I just, I encourage you to be willing and open to do that. And everyone here is a valued member of our family, and we need to work together to be as useful as we can for the Holy Spirit to work through us. Um, God is already working through our church so much and through the people here, because that is what the church is, correct? Um, And... I just, I believe that if every single one of us continued in that and put God's, puts God first in all that we do, um, and we're willing to serve in any way, imagine how much more God could work through all of us. Amen? Um, and it's cool, because this is the house of God, right? And we are all his children. We do what he asks us because we love him and desire to serve him and others with all of our heart. We are brothers and sisters, so let's serve each other like a family. Not the worldly picture of how we see family work sometimes, but the family that He desires us to be. And that's unified in all having a heart of a servant. Amen? Amen.
2: Thank you for using your gift to bless so good. us today.
0: So good.
2: You're up. I'm up. We got oh, this confused at first no, service, I think too. No, it is me. Yeah, it's you. It's me. It's her turn.
0: <laughs> um, can I get the ushers to hand out puzzle pieces, please, for me? And I would like the picture, life, to be put up with the puzzle pieces, if we have it. Do we have it? So each of you, please... Take a puzzle piece. The ushers are handing out some puzzle pieces for you.
2: There will be a test. You have to put your puzzle piece in the right spot before anyone leaves. Yep. (laughs) I'm kidding.
0: Get ready. This is to work together. (laughs) There it is. Life. I want to read Romans 12, verse 4 to 8. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If, you, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So you can see that this puzzle piece is missing some pieces. And our hope, our goal, is that the puzzle piece that you have taken that you make it your own. It's your puzzle piece. Because each and every puzzle piece that you've been given is completely unique. There is not one piece that is alike, not one. Every one is different. But not a one of those puzzle pieces is more important than another. They're just different. Very unique, specifically and intentionally designed as it should be, and each puzzle piece must connect to another puzzle piece, but not just randomly anywhere. This puzzle piece has to connect in a certain place. God has given you a place. He's prepared for you a place, a specific place, but it must connect to the body because everything, 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 I'm going to say it, you're going to hear me say it a lot, God does everything through relationship, through connectedness. He connects his body. We are one body with many parts, but they are specifically designed and put in a certain place. Our bodies are made fearfully and wonderfully made, incredibly. And God has specifically put certain things in certain places. It would do no good if my feet were on my head. No good at all. The gift that God gave me I'm not using it in its proper place. It's out of place. It's disjointed. It's disconnected. What good would my feet be on my head? Unless I was standing upside down and then my perception would be, well, interesting. Be very interesting. But that's not God's design. God's design is that my feet function right where he put them. So that I can utilize them the way he designed them to function. And he designed the body of Christ to function in a certain way. Every part, specifically, intentionally meant to fit somewhere because we do life together. We're connected together. And every part affects another part. How many of you remember when I talked about the glass house last week? Did you guys think at all about the glass house? Do I have any volunteers to move into the glass house with me? Sure. I know he's there with me. Anybody else want to come with me? See, the church is the glass house. We don't want doors that people can't see, people don't know us and who we are. We want doors, we want a church that people can see us for who we are. We, one of our goals, our missions as a church, our life statements is that we're authentic. And if we're an authentic church, then we're real and people see us for who we are. They can see us, they can see our hearts, who we truly are. And that means you either decide to rent a room in the glass house or you buy a room in the glass house. Now, renting means basically you have one foot in the glass house and one foot out. You haven't made a commitment. You're not all in. You haven't decided to obey God, take your puzzle piece, ask him where he wants you to put it, and connect it to the body. When you buy a room in the glass house, that means you're saying, God, I'm all in. I'm not going to leave an escape route to run out the back door. I haven't signed a contract. When you're all in, you're all in. And you're choosing to obey and take your puzzle piece and go, God, where do you want my puzzle piece? See, when we all take our puzzle piece and we ask God, where is it supposed to be? Where is it supposed to go? That means we're all behaving And we're acting and making a choice to obey God and do what God has asked us to do. And when we do that, how many of you know, how many of you understand obedience brings blessing? I say this to my kids all the time. (laughs) Obedience will bring you blessing. But disobedience will bring discipline. So if we choose to obey God, then... Blessing fills the house because every single part of the puzzle, every single piece is connected. And we have to understand too that those pieces are dynamic in nature. So that means they're constantly shifting, they're moving. God might take you, your puzzle piece, and pick you up and say, I've shifted, I've changed your puzzle piece. I've shaped it into something new. I'm going to put you here now. And a perfect example of that is what's going on in our church right now. Pastor Rick and Kathy have been so faithful to steward over this house for 37 years. God had given them the puzzle piece to do what they've done here in this house, and now God's picking up their puzzle piece and saying, I'm putting your puzzle piece in the nation of Canada now, and I am calling you out to be an ambassador to the nation. I'm picking up your puzzle piece, and I'm moving it somewhere else. And then he's saying to Pastor RJ and I, your puzzle piece needs to come here now and fit here. And either we make a choice to obey or the other choice would be really not a good choice because when you step out of the will of God, you really step into nowhere. So we have to choose to be obedient and we have to choose to be ready to move and be uncomfortable when God is calling us to get ready, pick up our puzzle piece and go somewhere else with it. And that's okay. Because when you're doing it with God, you do all things through him who strengthens you because you're supposed to be leaning on him and allowing him to shape your puzzle piece to be where it's supposed to be. I want to read in Nehemiah 6, verse 15 and 16. And it says, So on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we had begun, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. Windsor Christian Fellowship. Do we want Windsor, Canada to know that this work that's happening in our church is God? Do we want them to know that God is here? God is the one who's doing these miracles. God is the one who's moving. So that even if there's opposition, and there will be, even if there will be people that speak against us, they will know that when they try to stand against us, they're not standing against us. They will know that they are standing against God. Amen? Because God is the one who is doing what he's doing in the church. And the church isn't the building. I can't I can't say this enough. It's not the building, guys. Even though we need the building. Thank God for the building. We need the building. And we need people to take care of the building. We need people to help us. We can't do it without all of you. We need you. You're vital to we need you to take your piece to own it. Does Windsor Christian Fe- Is Windsor Christian Fellowship your church? Because when you go out there into the community and you, they ask, you know, you know, conversation, where do you go to church? I go to Windsor Christian Fellowship. Congratulations, you got a room in the glass house. Because now they're watching you. You're an ambassador of Windsor Christian Fellowship. And you don't need to say much. You just need to be who you are. A Christian, an ambassador of Christ, first of all representing WCF as we send you out into the community and you go and you behave in a way that aligns with the character of Christ and they're going to say I want to go to your church. I want to see more of what's going on in your church. So I encourage you take very seriously the puzzle piece in your hand. Don't take it lightly, but ask the Holy Spirit, where's my place? What place have you created just for me that nobody else can fit in that place but me? And I fit there. I contribute. And I'm connected to this body. I said before, you guys have charged the atmosphere. You've made As a church, we've made, as a church, an amazing choice to be positive, to be excited, to be enthusiastic, to just to have a great atmosphere of expectancy of what's going to happen. But don't let that just be a feeling. Let that feeling give you, propel you into, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of what God is doing. Because your part is vital no matter how large or how small you might think it is. Many times, it's the smaller parts that we need the most, and all the small things add up. And we need all of you. Amen? We need all of you.
2: We, as a congregation, reveal fully God's glory here on the earth when we work together as one body. When we broken image bearers come together and we function with the gifting that God has created us for. We come together, followers of Jesus, and your role is gonna bring him glory here on earth as you connect with all of the other brothers and sisters in the room, and we form the body of Christ here so that we can have the life of Jesus present in our congregation. And, and you'll hear me say, by his grace and for his glory. By his grace and for his glory. By his grace and for his glory. But for me, you know, I understand that what I do is only because of his grace, his enabling power to do what I do. And everything I do, I wanna do for the glory of God, so we wanna live for his glory. Right. We wanna die for him, we wanna live for him, right? And, and I guess another way to say that in the culture, I feel like that little uh, cartoon guy Buzz Lightyear, you know, and to infinity and beyond, <laughs> by his grace and for his glory. And sometimes, you know, for some of you, it's a step of faith to get engaged. It's a step of faith, you have to step out of your shell and you have to step out of your box and say, okay, I wanna do something. That's right. And then when we're talking about doing something, there's something that I've figured out. Um, today, um, there's a lot of the, I'll just say, the less experienced ones in the culture. And they get their certificate that they work really hard for, a degree, you know. And then they come in and they wanna start at the top of the company. I've talked to a couple of business owners. And, and unfortunately, while the degree is a good thing, it doesn't necessarily qualify you to start at the top of the company. It qualifies you to get involved and start earning your stripes and working your way up the chain like everybody else does in the real world. Dun, dun, dun. You know, it's kind of the same in the church. You know that, right? I didn't start as Pastor RJ. I didn't even start as pastor. I started as a pusher in kids' church. It's kind of like the ushers. Just we pushed kids over here, and then we pushed them over there. Then, as you mature, you lose the pee, and you just become an usher. They still have to push people. They're just supposed to be nice about it.
0: We do not push any children in children's church. No, so you know no, no. we do not do that. We encourage them.
2: It was a different world. Them. It we was a different world them. back then. No. And then I served, I served many areas, but I mean, some of the highlights, I did music for a while under Pastor Brian Lynn, God bless Pastor Brian, he had to put up with us for seven years. <laughs> I used to sit over here behind where the cross is, and we played trumpet, and, and my favorite one ever was, um, Lynn was over here working with the singers on this one vocal part, and they were working out all their harmonies and you know the, the high and the low and the mid and the, you know, the nice harmonies and make it blend. And uh, your cousin, Tony, him and I got bored sitting up there, so we started singing our guts out into the trumpet mic. Of course, we sing flat because neither of us can sing a lick. But Lynn could hear somebody singing flat when the singers were all singing. <laughs> So she stopped the singers, and you know, Gary had to sing, and the other guy, and Linda, and they all had to go through and sing, and they all sang on pitch, and then when they sang together, we sang in the mic, and this went on for far too long. I had a conversation with Pastor Brian after practice, and my character was shaped and formed in that moment. (laughs) You see, when you serve, there's community, there's fun, there's character shaping and forming. I I mean, for a while I taught the uh, nine to 12 year olds on Sunday nights for children's church. And every week I had to have a new lesson that was fresh and designed for kids, and uh, I'll never forget. I, uh, I was talking about how Jesus walked through the wall into the room. And he just walked into the room. And I said, how many of you can walk through walls? And this one kid stood up and ran into a wall just like that. I remember telling his parents, I promise I didn't ask him to do that. And they said, it's okay, he's kind of like that. I was like, man. (laughs) You see, we serve. We used to have to set up the chairs and the PA equipment every service. Every Sunday, we'd come in and set up chairs and and set up equipment. We don't have to do that anymore. We're very blessed to have this building where we can do that. I, I don't even have time to tell you about, you know, when I got... Um, down in Dallas, some of the stuff that we did with the youth camps and with the the music teams and the different areas that we served in on street evangelism. And, And over time, we gained character, we gained experience in that dynamic puzzle piece that I had in my life. God picked it up and said, time to go over here. No more music, you have to go over here. And at one point he said, time to set your trumpet down because I want you to start teaching. Do you see how this process works inside of our life? We go through and the spirit of God shapes us and molds us and forms us and we become a more accurate reflector of his image to the people that we interact with. And our congregation is made up of many who are very, very skilled at what they do in the areas that they serve in. And it's the diversity of gifts that make us strong. Because if Everybody had the same gift, it would be a pretty boring Sunday. I mean, think about it. 900 people come to church on a Sunday morning and all of them preach. (laughs) You think our services go long sometimes? Aren't you glad we don't all have that gift? (laughs) But it's all the gifts working together. I keep looking over here, I see my friend, Akeem. I call him GQ. Best dressed man in the church. But you know what? He's also the most friendly, welcoming man you'll ever meet. And he stands in the foyer, and when you walk in the door, he wants you to experience the love of God, and he welcomes you to our place. Week in and week out, he's faithful. I can't highlight everyone, but we appreciate you using your gift to make our body a more loving and comfortable place for others that are coming in. And see, as piece by piece he puts us together and we all use our gifts together, we become a testimony to the world. Dr. Ann Bradley says economies prosper when everyone has a chance to contribute. You'll hear me refer to this sometimes. And she's done a lot of research how to make an economy successful. She's a Christian woman. But I wanna take that a step further because I believe that churches thrive when everyone participates in the minister gifting that God has given them. When everyone participates, and everyone has an opportunity to participate, that's when ministries thrive and churches thrive. And there's this element where you cannot flourish in life fully without shalom or without peace. And I'm gonna tell you that if you're not utilizing the gifting that God is giving you, you will never flow in the shalom that God has for you because it's a part of the nature that he has given us to serve others and to activate our gifts so that we bless others with our gifts and in turn others bless us and the peace of God comes into our life. And then we fully reflect corporately to the culture what God wants us to to be. So how many of you realize that there's many places in the body of Christ. And, and I often tell people, get involved anywhere you can to start and let God take it from there. I, I've been to many churches over my years and I'll tell you the truth, I've never once seen a church that was fully staffed in their children's ministry. Never once. Okay, maybe once, but they paid every one of their volunteers. That's silliness. They have a big budget down there, I guess, in the South. (laughs) But why can't Windsor Christian Fellowship be the church that's fully staffed? Because every member does their part and everyone's utilizing their gifting. And again, it's easy. You just attend one service and you serve one service. It's not too bad. One Sunday every three weeks, you come for two services. Everybody does their part. Many hands make light work. We get the job done. The ushers' ministry are fully staffed every position, right? When everybody, when everybody's doing their function, everybody's doing their role. The maintenance team has enough help that they can maintain our building and we do a really good job here maintaining our building. I've been to some. I've been to some buildings that I'm horrified. <laughs> but the truth is, many hands make light work and when everybody does their part, everybody activates their gift, we get the job done. So we wanna encourage all of you that the church we see is all of us working together, all of us serving together so that we can impact our community. Because I don't know about you, but I wanna see people come to Jesus. It's actually a part of being saved. Because when you give your life to Jesus and he changes your heart, he puts his love for the lost inside of you. So if we love Jesus, we should love others and wanna see them come to know him. So I want to see people come to Jesus, I know you want to see people come to Jesus, but we do this when we all work together to get the job done that needs to be done. You can stand up with us now. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, so my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. You are reasonable people, decide for yourselves if what I'm saying is true. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we're many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we're all one body. You know, we are the body of Christ, and I believe that our unity is most fully expressed in our covenant meal. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, when we celebrate, as some call it, the communion, we're, we're coming together in unity and oneness and it's a demonstration that we all love one another because you can't have aught in your heart against your brother and sister and partake of communion. We walk in love, we walk in unity, we walk in oneness and we demonstrate the power of God. So Father, I thank you for the bread in our hands today. And in your brokenness, Lord, we can become whole. And you can heal us of our brokenness, mind, body, and spirit. And Lord, as we together are activating the power of God in our lives and in our ministry and in our church, I thank you that each individual gifting is being recognized and activated inside of our congregation. And that each person, Lord, is performing the role that you have for them. So that we can flow fluidly as a body and we can impact our city and our nation for you. Because we want to see souls come into the kingdom and people set free from addictions and bondages. And we want to see marriages restored to wholeness. And broken image bearers transformed into image bearers, reflecting the glory of God to our culture. So I thank you for the love that you've given us for one another and that you have called all of us to unity and oneness so that the peace of God can be present inside of our life today.
0: Heavenly Father, as we receive the cup today, Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you so much that because we have, as a congregation in unity, we have already charged the atmosphere with faith, with expectancy, with an excitement for what you're going to do, Lord. I thank you, Father God that each one here would take their puzzle piece would acknowledge you in all things and ask you where is my puzzle piece to be placed because father I thank you that in doing so when each piece is put together it brings healing it brings healing to the body because there's no defect There's no piece missing. There's no deficiency, Lord. I thank you that when each piece is put into place that the yoke is easy, the burden is light because we carry it together as a body. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for what you did on the cross for us. That at the center of each and every puzzle piece is the cross of Jesus Christ. And that our eyes are on you and not on ourselves. That every piece is of such value, necessary and vital to the work for the kingdom of God. So I thank you, Lord, as we receive that you're healing hearts, you're mending relationships so that each puzzle piece can fit in seamlessly, God. So that each puzzle piece finds their place. We receive the cup now in Jesus' name.
2: God bless you all. Have the greatest week of your life and we'll look forward to seeing you next time.